Hello and welcome to my podcast. I am Judy Bartkoviak from NLP and EFT Kids. I work with children and teens on a number of different aspects of their lives and as you can probably imagine I have a number of teens at the moment who are really struggling with anxiety. Now anxiety is a really big word Um, And it can be sort of all-consuming and mean something different to each client. Uh, It probably means something quite different to you. Um, And that's important to to recognise that anxiety is like a big word. It's a big thing. And what we need to do um, is to what we call chunk it down in NLP terms and really get to the root cause of what the anxiety is in each situation and for this I tend to uh, call on a bit of sort of CBT type of um, technique really in so much as the, the smallest chunk at any one point in time at any one moment is that thought that you have in that moment um, and that will be caused by a trigger by something that you see hear, or feel that alerts the amygdala in your brain, that you're in um, a a stress, a dangerous, um, a threatening situation in some way. Now that of course is a a perception because the chances are you're not actually um, under great threat in that moment. In in reality, um, you're unlikely in that moment to feel that your life is in danger. Um, So it is a perception. Your amygdala is in effect being um, super protective of you uh, because that is a situation that may have originally been imprinted um, in your very early childhood. So at a time when you couldn't logically assess uh, whether you really were in danger, but you felt in danger and you imprinted a belief or decision um, to protect you throughout your life. And so these things then are, are triggering you uniquely in a way that something else will trigger somebody else uh, because a different belief uh, will be at the core. So what's happening is your amygdala is responding rather like um, a smoke alarm in the event of you having burnt the toast. Uh, your amygdala is going sort of ba 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 ba, you know, sort of really um, sort of making you um, alert to, to danger. But actually, um, what is happening is is not in reality that dangerous. It simply feels it to you. So what we're saying here is that um, it's actually a belief rather than a fact. You're not factually in danger, but you believe you're in danger. And once you recognize that this is a belief and not a fact, we can start sort of playing with it and questioning it um, because beliefs change. We change our beliefs based on new information, new knowledge. And that's why, of course, when I'm working with a client, we're looking at change, making changes, looking at things in a fresh way, finding uh, uh, other, other choices. So what I encourage my new clients to do, and I had a new teenage client yesterday, which is what prompted me to record this podcast, was we were looking at um, really increasing her awareness of those thoughts. So questioning the thought, you know, imagining, for example, that you take that thought that you have in that moment and put it like on a witness stand and saying, "Okay, so would somebody else make this mean the same thing? 
you know, is it really true? Is it a fact or a belief? Uh, would somebody else have a different belief? Are you generalizing? Are you assuming this to always be the case when actually that may not be the case at all? You may be deleting evidence to the contrary. You may be distorting it and making it mean something um, sort of like catastrophizing it. You know, like this means they don't like me. This means I'm not good enough. This means I'm a disappointment. So when you stop for a moment, when you have that thought and write it down, or at least become totally aware of it and say, this is the thought that I had, because we are not our thoughts. Um, they pop up, um, as I said, to alert us to potential danger. When we stop for a moment and say, hang on, now what is this thought? Let me just look at it. You know, is this really the case? Is this actually always true? Are there some uh, exceptions? And the exceptions mean that it isn't a fact. It means that that you've chosen to make it mean this. And then when we stop and just pause and breathing, it's really important to just breathe into it and just recognize I have this thought. Um, and what if there were another thought that I could have instead? What if there's another way of looking at this? Maybe I could look at what the exceptions are. So therefore to focus much more on the positive um, possibilities of, of this situation. Um, and as you breathe into it, recognize it and become aware of it, it's as if you're then taking control of it. So instead of it dictating how your body is going to react, feeling sick, having butterflies in your tummy, um, maybe um, sort of sweaty palms, sort of stressing up, sort of tensing up your body, to breathe into it, just breathe in. And just acknowledge that this is the thought that I have in this moment. It may or may not be a fact. The chances are that it isn't a fact. The chances are I'm just making it mean this. And when we do this, what we're doing is we're just taking back an element of control and saying, okay, so now I have a choice. I can choose to just uh, see this as uh, an opportunity to make a new friend or to have some fun, do something I haven't done before, um, or I can choose to react differently and um, opt out or, or whatever. But you, once you actually put in a choice and some element of control, that amygdala just relaxes a bit because it, you know you have said said to it, it's okay. I've just burnt the toast. Here, you know, you don't need to go berserk. You know, I have just burnt the toast and I'm just going to take that toaster and put it outside for a moment and I'm going to look at the situation and I'm going to um, make um, some different choices. So if you're somebody who um, needs to think about um, your thoughts in that way, there's a, a way certainly that I explained to uh, my teenage client yesterday, which was to start to calibrate your state be aware of your state so that it doesn't creep up on you unawares. So when you get up in the morning just to think, okay, where am I in terms of, you know, my state, my state of mind? If you take, for example, a scale of zero to 10, um, which is what we call in EFT, the SUDS level, which is a specific unit of distress, 10 being incredibly intense and zero being zilch, 
just sort of think, okay, so I've just woken up. Where am I? Okay, I might be a tattoo. Um, or it may be that you've just suddenly thought, oh my goodness, I've got such, such a lesson today and I haven't done my homework. And it might be a, oh, a six or a seven, or it might be I have uh, such and such a thing happening. So just be aware when it goes up, what's that thought? When it goes from three to four, what's that thought? Write it down. Is this true? Is this a belief? Is this a fact? How could I think about it differently? What choices do I have? And just recognize and breathe into it. You can do something like a five finger breathing when you br uh, take your hand and just put um, the, the finger of your right hand, if you're right handed, going up your thumb and breathing in and then down, breathe out, up your index finger, down, breathe out. So a five finger breathing is really helpful. You'll find all of these sort of um, things in my latest book, Empower Your Kids, a coaching guide for parents, or indeed in understanding children and teens. So both of those new books that have come out recently, um, one very recently, in fact, Empower Your Kids only came out a few weeks ago. Um, you'll find all of those techniques in there. Or of course, you can book uh, a session with me or talk to me, um, give me a call, chat to me, email me. Um, I can help you with any of these things, but this is bas the basics of it is to calibrate your state on an, all through the day. Be aware. When it goes from three to four, what's the thought? Question it. Put it on the witness stand. Give it a grilling. Um, and then watch as it goes down. Just breathe into it going down. And then later on, do it on a, like an hourly basis. It goes up. Okay, what's going on here? And what you're doing is you're completely taking control of your state, which is so important. And you can do this. I mean, even a small child can do this just to be aware it's gone up. Even if you, they can use their hands to show how big is it, how small is it. They don't necessarily need to put a number in it on it. It could be uh, the size of an animal or, you know, I'm feeling like a, a mouse um, or I'm, I'm safe or, or whatever. You can use whatever words relate to your child. Find some sort of scale that, that they can use. But I think zero to 10 can be used quite easily. I think children learn their numbers very young, don't they? So not too difficult for, for them to relate to it's, it's you know, it's a, it's a 10, it's a five, it's a three. So be aware of state and start actually making different choices as to how you react because these are choices. These are perceptions. They're not facts um, for the most part. Um, and also look at what you get out of catastrophizing because, um, you know, we do sometimes get something out of it. You know, when when you go up to your friends in, you know, in the playground or whatever and say, oh, I'm feeling really upset or I'm feeling stressed or I'm feeling this or that, or that you know, what do they do? They give you comfort. They hug you. They uh, support you um, in the same going to see, say, a teacher or a parent and, and being upset about a thing. We get support. We get um, compassion and, and love. Uh, and I think it's important to recognize sometimes that we may be doing something um, like that uh, because the, the sort of the benefit is, is something we actually need. And so be aware of that, that if that is, you know, if it has become a pattern and you have got sort of somebody that you go to that gives you that support, you know, are you using them as a bit of a crutch, as a bit of a rescue? You know, can you put some control in yourself? Because when you do that, that also builds self-esteem so that you then create your own resilience. You can get some strength, bravery, resilience within yourself. Um, and you can still, you know, have your friendships and have your compassion and all the rest of it, but you don't need it in quite the same way. You choose 
to get it because that's what you'd like but you don't need it to survive each day you're not using it sort of you know as like a fire extinguisher on the uh, on the toast you know you're actually uh, it's better if you can take control yourself um, I'm hoping that this all makes um, sense because I don't actually talk to a script or anything sensible like that um, I just talk really from from the heart say just I, I minimize that I am speaking from my heart from my experiences from my work with children and teens so um, it's a professional podcast in the sense that um, I'm a professional it's probably not very professional in so much as I don't have a snazzy mic or a script or an editing system or anything like that you can't edit me sorry <laughs> anyway I hope you've enjoyed the podcast <laughs>